Welcome to Thatcha, a podcast run by high school students, where guests share their unique perspectives on arts, education, society, and more. My name is Janet. I am your host for this episode. Today we are joined by guests Sally and Jasmine. Hello, I am Sally. I am in eleventh grade. I am Jasmine, also in eleventh grade. Honored to be here. Today we will discuss the TOEFL exam. TOEFL, T-O-E-F-L, stands for Test of English as a Foreign Language. It's a standardized test for non-native speakers who want to attend English universities. It has been going on for 57 years and is accepted by many colleges around the world. It aims to assess a student's English skills and determine if they are capable of participating in the university. More specific information can be found in the link to the official website in the description. Now, Sally, Jasmine, and myself have both taken the exam. We have all scored above one、uh, ten out of a total score of one twenty. So let's jump into the questions for our guests. Why do you think people should take the TOEFL exam beyond the stated purpose? Well, I think the TOEFL serves as a very important assessment, like you said, for universities who want to know whether the students who apply have the necessary English skills that can handle their course、um, curriculum. And because, as we all know, American schools really value communication and the exchange of ideas. If you don't know the language, you can't participate very well in the learning experience. Right, and I guess we can make the comparison with IELTS. I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah. So in America, they would usually like more people take TOEFL, and whereas people going to Canada or something like that, they will be taking IELTS. But、um, I've heard people say that TOEFL is comparatively、uh, more difficult. So if you want to show that you have more strength in English, I guess you can take the TOEFL. But、um, it's a little subjective as well.、Uh, but yeah, most colleges will require that, and it's a great way for you to show your abilities. So how can one prepare for a TOEFL exam, and how long did it take you to prepare for it? So since we're in the COVID time of year,、uh, my test was kind of、uh, delayed again and again. So in terms of time, it's probably not very accurate in what in which、uh, like for how long I would actually take to prepare. But I started、uh, maybe like three months. Earlier or two, I can't really remember. Like, start out kind of low key and just、uh, understand the basics of the test structure and、um, what resources I have. I gather them all together and tried a couple of practice tests to see, and found it wasn't too difficult. But it was also it needed work. And then,、uh, based on the resources that I had, like、um, maybe free exercises online or free practice tests on the official TOEFL IBT website, or 
or other books I have found. Um, I would just list them all together. I would divide them up and kind of see how how I can do them all. And usually, maybe it's based on, for example, one week. I know I can only take one hour at most out of every day to do it. And I might just one day do a reading and the writing, and then the next day do a speaking and a hearing, something like that. Um, but yeah, so it's just uh, do rather dispersed earlier, and then when you're getting to the test. Um, maybe a week earlier or two or within that month, you gotta try to take more practice tests because you want to build that ability to concentrate for a long period of time. But then as you're nearing the test, you want to make sure you can really rest and eat well and exercise well because I feel like one of the most important things for TOEFL is the ability to concentrate there. Um, especially for those of us sitting here, we have English skills and we have grown up learning them and using them for a lot. So if you do have that English English background as well it's also important for you to realize that TOEFL isn't that hard it's just you need to make sure you can perform well on that day wow Sally is like the model example if you want to succeed in TOEFL just do what Sally does and for me I think I'll present um, a rather shall we say devious no maybe not that word a more unusual way so I started around last semester, so maybe May or June. I was registered then for the exam in August. And so final exams were over, but school was still going on. So I took that time to do some TOEFL. But then the moment summer vacation started, I threw TOEFL out of my mind. And I did not touch TOEFL again until near the end of summer. So then um, near the end of summer, I did TOEFL practice for about a week. And then school started, and I threw TOEFL out of my life again. So then my test was delayed into October, the end of October. And around the third week of October, I picked up TOEFL again and started really hurrying and cramming in earnest. So yeah, do not do that, by the way. In terms of content, I did not use as many resources as Sally did. I borrowed a vocabulary book from Sally, who borrowed it from another person. And I used a TOEFL online prep website called Kaomanfen. It's one of the two most common TOEFL prep web websites in China. One is Kaomanfen, the one I used, and the other is Xiaozhan Tuofu. Yeah, and I think they are pretty similar in terms of content and style, so we can go with either one. Yeah, that's basically all I did to prepare for TOEFL. Thank you both for your insights. Personally, I am a mix of Sally and Jasmine, I think. Now let us introduce the format of the test a little. The TOEFL English language test has four sections and lasts around three hours. It has a reading section where the student will be given scientific or academic passages to read and asked to answer comprehension or grammar questions. And then it has a listening section where the student will be given conversations and lectures to listen to and will be asked to answer related questions about the contents. It also has a speaking section where the students will be given four tasks, uh, usually involving uh, different topics or certain listening lectures. And the student will be asked to give their own opinions or summarize the information 
orally within a given time limit. Finally, the writing section has two parts: one where the student must synthesize an essay from given information, and another where the student must write their own essay and provide their own evidence. Now, do either of you have any tips for these sections? Well, I guess I can talk about how to, well, take notes, for instance. So during the speaking. And the listening, and sometimes the writing section, you will be allowed to take notes. And taking notes is especially important for the listening section because you won't get to hear the passage while you do the questions. Unlike the reading section, taking notes does require a lot of practice because most of the passages given in the listening section includes. A lot of factual information. They'll talk about biology, geography, and who knows what else. And you haven't heard those terms or information before, so you can't just rely on your short-term memory.、Um, you have to note down the details and quite a lot of the structure, the main points.、It、takes a bit of practice to pick out what to remember and what what not to remember. And for me, I sometimes struggle with taking notes while understanding. If I'm too busy writing down what the speaker just said, I will miss what's coming next. And yeah, achieving a balance is pretty important. But it's not that hard if you already possess the basic listening skills. Should just take some practice.、Uh, taking notes comes in especially for the speaking, listening, and then also for one of the writing. Which is the integrated task, right? Where、uh, taking notes usually numbers don't matter that much. Otherwise, other than that, my approach is take as much as possible. I can write sort of fast, but the handwriting looks terrible. But I can still read it. So if you think it's helpful for you to learn some abbreviations or just practice writing your handwriting, just writing words in a way where like the first three letters are legible and then the rest aren't, but then you know what the word is and you can like be faster. <laughs> That's kind of how I also do it. So I just write as much as possible. Yeah, I think for reading,、uh, you just want to practice. Most of the questions aren't hard, but some of them you might find you always get them wrong or something like that. Especially for standardized tests, one thing you just need to make sure is that there will be、uh, answers in the multiple choice that are just intended to throw you off. So you need to realize that if one answer choice has even like just half that's right and half that's wrong, just cross it out because half of it is wrong. Don't. Like rationalize it in your mind and try to choose it because it's not going to be right. And then the other thing is for reading, I would also、um, because there's usually two ways to do. You can read the whole thing nicely and then do all the questions, or you can scan it and do the questions while also going back to each paragraph individually. And I have found it much easier for me to do it the second way. So the first time is only reading the introduction, the conclusion, and the topic sentences. And for TOEFL, it's really nice because the introduction sentence is based. Basically tells you what the paragraph is about. So for TOEFL, it's kind of that way. And then I would、uh, go back and read the individual paragraphs nicely when I actually answer the questions. Yeah, I would agree with Sally on how to do the reading questions, scan it, and then when you come to the questions, just read the paragraphs、um, related to that question carefully. That way, you don't have to remember so much things. There's this really comforting thing about TOEFL is that its questions are more or less formulaic. There's just a very limited, fixed set sort of questions, and if you get one particular type of questions wrong. 
in your practice test, just focus on that type of question, and sooner or later you'll get you'll get the hang of it. I definitely agree with both of you, and a little bit more about reading. I feel it is important when asked to look at a passage to read some of the content that comes before and after the passage, so you know the context. Usually, that will help you answer the question more accurately. Let me talk about listening a bit, okay? So for listening, I think it's just not difficult. Like,、uh, at least the questions aren't. The difficulty there is only that you have to concentrate for so long, and that's kind of a difficult thing for us these days. So just if you want to practice listening, I would say practice it, but do the full full practice. Don't do like one listening. Uh, practice. Do the whole thing where this is the right amount of time. Like the listening is,、uh, like forty-one minutes. If you want to practice it, practice the forty-one minutes because that's what's important. Being able to get all the questions right in forty-one minutes, not for one lecture and then doing the questions. You'll get it. So that's what I would say for listening. And about the speaking. The speaking section is nice in that it's only seventeen minutes long, so you can practice all the questions a lot, and it won't take you forever. <laughs> I'm like listening, but speaking, you want to have clear speech, good grammar, and the nice progression of ideas.、Uh, honestly, if you can speak English, you just have to learn the format of the questions.、Uh, they will always ask you something like, "Do you disagree or agree with this?" or summarize what we just said, and then talk about. It just—it's kind of—it's the same thing again and again.、Um, I would say if you want to practice speaking, time yourself exactly like they would on the test, because that's one of the things that's going to be important for you to know how to do. And the other thing is, I use the templates for each of the questions because honestly, you can respond in kind of a Very clear structure, since the question is always asking that sort of thing, and it really saves you time in terms of、um, how to structure your answer. So your answer is definitely going to have good progression of idea because you already have a template. Yeah, I totally agree with what Sally said, and Sally is incidentally much better at the speaking section than I am, and I got all my tips from her.、Um, I would like to just add one thing about the speaking section. So the thing about speaking in TOEFL is that it's not like normal conversation at all. It's more like, like Sally said, it's very structured, very formulaic. So at times it feels more like reciting a mini essay than actually talking about a subject. And yeah, that's where the formula comes in. You remember you've got claim. Um, maybe a follow-up, evidence, explanation, just like a traditional English paragraph you might write for English class. One thing about speaking is also some of the tasks are integrated, so you listen to something and read something, and then you have to speak about it, right? So one thing I found helpful in terms of note taking and using the notes to speak is that I would write things down first and try to like structure it nicely, maybe bullet points or sub bullet points or something like that, and then during prep time. They will give you a couple of seconds to prepare to speak. So I would just go over and、uh, underline the things that I actually say. And if I realize my things are out of order, I might just circle some things that I want to say first. So it helps to be able to just write more earlier and then use these tools like underlining and circling to make sure that you know what you're going to talk about later. 
I definitely agree with both of you, and I would like to add a little more about note taking during speaking. I feel that it is helpful to take notes according to the templates. Once you have a template memorized, because while you are writing fast and writing a lot of notes, I think it can be difficult later on if all your notes are very messy. I find it helpful to always have the template in my mind, and as I take notes, to recognize which part the of the template the content I'm writing down corresponds to. I find it very helpful to only write the notes and information that correspond to the template, which I feel makes it much easier to speak about it later on. And since we're on speaking, would either of you like to give us a demonstration? So, for example, the independent asks. Will you prefer to live in the city or the country? And give examples and explain explain to support yourself. I would well go to my notes and kind of write down. Oh, the first thing I think about might be in the country. There's nice transportation, so I might write that down. Transportation, and then I think about my city. I have metro. I have bus. I can go wherever I want. And then the second thing I think about might be、uh, just there's plenty of resources in the city. Okay, so my. Decision has already been that I would choose city, and honestly, you don't have time to have a great argument. You just have to choose a position, and as long as you have evidence that supports it, it's fine. It doesn't even matter if you have a lot of evidence for the other side. As long as you have evidence for your side, it's okay. So maybe my two points are: one is transportation, another one is resources. And my example might be: there's libraries, there's museums, there's cinemas, or something like that. Okay, and then I go to my template. Which I memorized already. The template will kind of go like this. First, I will state my main point. So, I prefer to live in the city because, and then you transition, because for several reasons, or you cannot transition. I didn't. It's fine. And then you give your first reason plus example, second reason plus example, and then you wrap up or not wrap up. So my first reason and example, I'll say. First of all, in the city there is a lot of transportation options. For example, in my city Guangzhou, there is the metro, the bus. So I can really just take these tra- transportations and go wherever I want and get to different places very fast. And then second reason plus example, I might say the second reason is that there are a lot of resources in the city. For example, here's my example. For example. There is a big museum in my place. There's also an art museum. I can also go to the library and borrow a lot of books that I would not have been able to get if I were in the country. And if time's up, I I would just stop there. If time's not up, I can say this is why I think so, or something like that. So basically, it's very simple. State your position, transition or not. Give your reason, example, reason, example, and really just go out online, find those templates, and just. Even modify them so it works for you, and then it'll just be practice, practice, and practice. Thank you. Wonderful demonstration. I think I would like to add a little more in that while speaking, it is best to maintain a steady pace and not pause too much, and try to fill the time if possible. So do not start after five seconds in or leave like. Five seconds where you don't say anything. All right. Um. What about writing? Do any of you have tips for writing? 
For writing, I think it's fairly straightforward as well. There, the first task asks you to read an article and then listen to a passage, and then the passage usually will refute the article, and then you just compare the two. So, for one paragraph, you might say passage says A, but lecture says B. Therefore, a lecture is right. Yeah, very simple. And the last one is a bit more like the independent task in speaking. It gives you a statement like, "Oh, I don't know.、Um, children should not watch television, or maybe television should not include advertisements that advertise to children." And then agree or disagree. Yeah, just go. Do what your English teacher tells you to. A nice introduction, body paragraph with claim, evidence, explanation, and you can throw in some personal evidence as well. I feel like TOEFL, their scoring standards, find that very convincing. And then the conclusion, if you have time. For my body paragraphs, I would just have a topic sentence that states the reason, and then I kind of explain and I give a nice, long, lengthy example, and I'm done with it. Yeah, no concluding sentence or whatever. But yeah, so just make sure.、Um, one thing I found helpful, especially for the first task, is because they always ask you how does the、um, audio kind of relate to the reading, right? So you can memorize some words, so you don't always write she disagrees and she disagrees and she disagrees. Maybe just think about、uh, considers, dismisses, claims, presents, or or some of the words like she. Uh, disagrees, then maybe rebuts, refutes, disproves, opposes, challenges, casts doubts on, or stuff like that. So、um, that will just be easier for you if you know these words, and it will be faster for you to take these out, and you don't have to think about, ooh, how do I vary my word choice? So yeah. I have also heard that it's best to give detailed examples. So when giving examples, try not to use. Generalize sentences that are broad, and try to be specific and describe a specific situation. All right, then. Now that we've gone over the format, which section was the most difficult for you? At first, I felt like speaking and writing, and afterwards, I think I did speaking a lot more, and it got better. And I guess if You feel uncomfortable and just not very confident. Get somebody to actually listen to your、uh, speaking and then see your writing, so you actually know and feel confident. Because I never had anybody help me score them until the test, so I didn't know. So obviously, I felt like it was difficult, but it may not have been. For me, also in the beginning, speaking and writing were very difficult. The first down. First time I sat down to a writing exercise, I stared at the screen and no thoughts were coming. I just, yeah, I stared at the screen for thirty minutes. It was very horrifying. However,、um, once school started, for some reason I just magically got better at writing. Maybe because we were required to write essays in English again, and it all came back to me. So yeah, it's all about practice. But speaking continued to be a problem up till my test day, and. Yeah, for that week, I was still struggling with grammar. When I am under pressure, my normally perfect grammar just goes all over the place, and I my tenses, my pronouns. Wow.、Um, and the other thing is, when I speaking, when I'm hurried and I try to find a word I want, but I can't think of it immediately, my mind just goes blank, and I pause for seconds. Do not do that. And then 
Um, in the end, though, I try to just pick out the word that、um, comes to me first, whether it's accurate or not. And I got gradually better, and I did get full marks in speaking. So I guess it all paid off. Awesome. Now the TOEFL test has to be taken with designated computers at official testing centers most of the time. So all of us went to testing centers. We actually went to the same one. Can either of you describe what it was like going to the test at a testing center? And do you have any tips for navigating it? So the testing center we went to was a. College in Guangzhou, it's called Guangdong Weiyu Weimao Xueyuan, and it was all managed mainly, I think, by the students who work there. And you drive into campus, you park your car. Um, well, not you park your car, but and then you walk to the building where the test is held. And then usually there, the staff will lead you into lines depending on where your testing room is. Um, and you just basically follow their instructions. One thing I wish I'd done better on testing day is to leave myself more time to find the right place.、Um, I was th- I was just in the nick of time actually. I had just a few minutes to get to the building. Fortunately, on that day, you can see lots of students walking in the same direction, and you know they're all going to be taking TOEFL.、Um, so yeah, I just followed them, and everything turned out all right. Okay, so and、um, you are led into a big room, and there's all kinds of computers and stuff like that. One thing is just you need to know the keyboard is kind of like a little bit lower than the whole table, so it's kind of like a tray you、uh, pull out from beneath the table, and the keyboard is that kind of big ones, and then all the little keys are clickety clickety kind of things. But it, it doesn't really matter. You just、um, have that expectation; it's not going to be like your usual computer. And one more thing is just their、uh, scratch paper. At least the one I got was blue. It was kind of like a three A four sized paper. I don't. Don't think you will run out. At least I was worried I would, but ultimately I had a lot, lot left over actually. And one last thing about the testing center is that the speaking section is really, really loud. Everybody is speaking at the same time, so I would encourage you when you're practicing the speaking, let your family be loud all around you. Just practice in a very loud and noisy environment, and then when you're there, try to speak as loud as possible, and the rest of the sound at the background will be just noise, and it'll be fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, Sally mentioned that really、um, central thing. She went into the test、um, knowing about it, and then told us about it. And I'm very glad she did. So in the week before my exam, I did my speaking practice while playing YouTube videos beside me, and so I was listening to BBC News, people shouting about the Brexit, and me shouting about the TOEFL practice test. It was very fiery, yeah, <laughs> but it paid off. Thank you both. Although I would like to say that it is possible that testing centers will be different if you go to different places. So what we described here is only what we have experienced. So, what did you learn from preparing for the TOEFL test, and do you think it will help you in other standardized tests? Yeah, certainly. Like you said before, our English skills—they don't really need much polishing. So for me, the whole process of preparing for a TOEFL is basically how to pinpoint my weakness, how to adjust my 
English skills so I can answer questions correctly and be up to standards. So yeah, I took a practice test in the beginning and then I found out, oops, I'm trash at speaking. And then so I went on to really strengthen my speaking and looking for strategies that will help me speak better. And I took notes on it. I wrote down steps and thought process for myself. I guess you can also think about it as a way of getting to know yourself better and how to really adjust to standardized expectations. Yes, great points, Jasmine. Um, for me, I feel like this is my first standardized... Oh, no, sorry, this is not my first standardized test. This is my second. I had taken AP before. I guess that counts as well, right? So um, I think these are helping me to manage my inner voice and attitude while taking tests because most of the tests I take for classes aren't timed. So now, um, instead of saying I will spend my time actually going through all of the choices for the multiple choice and think long and through and thorough about them, I will just um, go with what I feel like is the main point and just choose it. So um, it's just about developing this kind of mindset as you approach the questions for a standardized test. It's going to be different from those that require nice analysis and thinking from the ones that are not standardized tests. Very insightful. Finally, let us address the purpose of the test. Do you think this test can really evaluate your English skills, or is it really just a matter of how much you prepared and did the practice questions? Oh man, I can't answer this one. I've lost count of the number of times in my preparation process where I've been really angry at the people who designed a TOEFL test. I feel like they do not reflect my abilities at all. You can judge by the fact that I'm sitting here doing a podcast that my speaking ability is pretty up to bat, and I think I can succeed pretty well in an, I don't know, college environment even, and certainly a high school classroom. But when it comes to speaking and you have to state your opinion with conclusion and claim in 45 seconds, that is not really going to happen in, in a real-life situation. When you look at it from that perspective, the TOEFL test is not really indicative of your real speaking or writing or reading abilities. Um, however, it is a very useful tool for measuring students' abilities in English. So yeah, I guess the people who designed the test had their reasons and the people who took it also have their reasons. But I will say this, do not be discouraged if you get a really low score on your first or even second or third attempt. A score does not necessarily indicate how well you will success in a um, in a college environment, just stick to that. And if you need a test to get into your dream school, do that. But don't feel like it measures who you are as a person and as a student. Great answer, Jasmine. I totally agree with you as well. Um, these tests are very annoying that they have all these structures and you have to follow them and everything. But honestly, if you have the skill, it's not going to be that difficult. Just, just fine. It's annoying. Okay, let's learn it and let's practice and you'll get better at it. Ultimately, it's your English skills. So yeah, good luck if you're taking it soon. Thank you to both our guests for the tips and insight. And thank you for tuning into Thought Jar.